0: Comedy L.O.L. Podcast Network.
1: I am ready and I am recording.
0: Alright, I am ready and I am recording as well and picking it up this time so I don't have to Sorry, everybody, about the audio. Last week, my voice, even though it's so silky smooth and golden, it was a little distorted because I had plugged the thing into the wrong hole. (laughs) All right, everybody, welcome to the terrible podcast. I had my mic plugged into the wrong hole in the recorder. Um, We're going to start today with a quote. May the dark side of your life lead to the brightest light. And that's by Sumoju Duda. I think I don't know how to pronounce that, but that's the best I'm going to get.
1: I think that was a valiant effort um and I think that this quote is so inspirational because I think that i I want to say it's Eli Weasel who wrote um night right the the it's a book about the Holocaust, and I think that that's what people often think about well, I mean, not that people think about that book, but you think about the darkest part of the night often leads then right to the sunrise and so you have to go through these dark troubling times in order to be able to have something more positive happen there's always going to be a for for lack of a better phrase light at the end of the tunnel
0: yeah i i love that and i don't know who you've been hanging out with but the people around here aren't worried about books about the holocaust (laughs) they're worried about white claws uh yeah no i i love that the light at the end of the tunnel The silver lining kind of concept Um, for me this quote it's like it kind of uh, has to do with what I'm always talking about which is getting in touch with your dark side with your shadow self and that's something that I've been doing and trying to integrate into my life and let me tell you it's made my life much better since I've been doing that instead of kind of repressing negative aspects to face them head-on look at them and say, this is who I am, you know, I like to smother puppies. No, I don't do that. I'm just kidding. But yeah, um, it's, I I highly encourage it. And that's what this podcast, that's one of the reasons why I do it. Actually, it is a form of shadow work, if you will, for me. Mm
1: -hmm. And I think it's so important that you said that you've been trying to like learn more about yourself and sometimes even learning about those dark sides of yourself then can lead to something very, very positive like how can I use this in more of a positive way or even being more aware of it. So you're not constantly giving into these, what people would say as vices or bad traits or being that manipulative type of person if that's one of the things that comes up in in your moon sign.
0: Yeah, which we're going to get into later and I can't wait. But I I think it's important that you say that and um, people just need to realize that the first step is just to identify it. You know, they say denial is not just a river in Egypt, like everybody's in denial. So the first step is to actually recognize and realize it and then not to beat yourself up over it too much and then just start to work on it. So, um, and you can use the tarot to do that. And if you are a new listener, we are so happy to have you. And that's what we do. We use the tarot to try to help each other and in turn, try to help everyone out there. And we think it's, uh, you know, I think personally it's a tool for that, for self-help. And, um, I mean, you can use it for divination and and fortunes and stuff, and that's always fun, but most importantly, you need to know yourself, especially if you want to help somebody else.
1: And it just gives you a chance to have a little bit more perspective and introspection into your life. I do a card of the day pull and it just gives me some focus on like, what should I be, you know, thinking about today, looking out for, or it's not necessarily going to be guiding that day, but it helps me to reflect at the end of the day, like what did, what happened today that reflects back to that or ties back to that card. Um, and then I like to keep a record of those. So then I can see if there's any patterns that, kind of happened because everyone's life is just a history of patterns. And that's what history is, is a series of patterns repeating over and over and over again. So hopefully you can learn from them.
0: Yeah. And if you are able to identify a negative pattern, and especially if it's a pattern that's existed in your family for a while, and you're able to end it, think about how many other future generations, I mean, you're not just going to be affecting your kids or your grandkids, you're going to be affecting possibly hundreds, if not thousands of people who keep it moving along because that's what this is really about. Nobody ever thinks about that. They just think about the now and the you know down the road the the distant future. But if you want to make a real change in society, man, you gotta like <laughs> you gotta think long term. Mm-hmm. So that's another motivate that and that could be a motivation for you too. You know, sometimes when you're working on yourself, you're like, oh, this is hard. Why am I doing this? Well just think of your if you have children or your unborn children or, you know, your your family lineage, that could be some motivation for you.
1: Exactly. Your
0: your future family, uh, yeah, family lineage, I guess, is the reverse, but yeah, you know what I'm saying.
1: Exactly. All right. So let's get into what we're talking about today. So our podcast, we normally look at two different cards each week, and we look at one minor arcana card and one major arcana card, and we're in our suit of swords. This week, we're talking about the four of swords. And this week, we're also talking about the Moon card in the Major Arcana. So I'm very excited about that. We'll start off with the Four of Swords, though. Um, I normally give a brief description. We give our initial thoughts on the card. What did it kind of speak to us saying when we first looked at it? And then we can go into the symbols or the different images in the card. Then we talk about how it applies to different types of readings. Um, All right. So let's look at the Four of Swords. I see... Uh, gray background it honestly looks obviously like a church I'd say a a Christian church because there's a stained glass window in the top left corner of it looks like a person giving something to another person and then the rest of the card and the top part besides the stained glass is gray you've got these three vertical swords it looks like positioned on the wall and then at the bottom of the card it almost looks like a tomb or of some sort where you have this figure laying and they're golden on their back, eyes closed, hands like in a prayer fashion on top of this, what looks like again, like a tomb or a casket of some sort. And at the very bottom of the card, there's a one horizontal sword and it's also that golden color. And um, if you can't hear, that was just my dog. She's very excited to be co-hosting this week, <laughs> sitting right by the microphone. <laughs> um, She's
0: all about the four swords. today. She
1: really is. She's like, OK, mom, I got this. All right, so there's our description. If you want to see what it looks like, you can always look at our Instagram, which is at Terrible2, T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L, and the number 2. Um, every week we post the pictures of the cards that we're talking about so you can see exactly what they're look- they look like. Um, but I would also recommend getting your own deck of cards so you can always just have them to reference back to as well. So, all right, let's look at the Four of Swords here. What were your initial thoughts?
0: Initially, especially when I looked at this card for the first time ever, um, I was, it, I was very, it looked very negative. I was very thrown away. Cause I was thinking it looks like a, a funeral or something or a wake. This guy's dead. There's swords above him that are coming down. There's one he's laying on. It also kind of reminds me of like live by the sword, die by the sword. Mm-hmm. It's that thing in the Bible where they're talking about people who are always, you know, always like have a sword or a gun or whatever it is, or some weapon, they're always using it. That that's how they generally end up dying they end up dying in the same way not to say that those things are evil i think it's just the imbalance of that Mm -hmm. um so that's initially what i thought what about you my
1: initial thought was literally i wrote down peaceful rest getting enough sleep to feel (laughs) uh, rejuvenated i was like wow i'm looking at this and you know how they say like that's your eternal sleep i think also people will say like i can sleep when i'm dead (laughs) it's like yeah that eternal sleep but it looks so calm um, and for me, I didn't get the illusion that this person was dead. They just looked. Yep. They looked like they're they are finally able to relax and kind of um succumb to any kind of. I well just just succumb to sleep and be able to finally get that rest and relaxation that they they obviously <laughs> desperately needed. That they're doing this in a church. It looks like.
0: Did you write your notes on a Friday night after work? Yeah, You're like right? let's
1: get some rest. <laughs> it's like that. Yeah, no, I,
0: I could definitely see that. It's yeah. like
1: that meme that's like, I woke up three years ago tired and I've never recovered. <laughs> that's how I feel. All right, so let's look at the different parts of the card here. Then, um, what were your thoughts on the stained glass window in the top left corner?
0: Well, I first off, I noticed how there's a black. Division right down the middle, mm-hmm. so there's a split, which is it's kind of strange. That really sticks out because if they're gonna make it a window, a stained glass window, usually you don't have a divide like that down the middle, you know. And and the fact that it's black, it's not like some kind of metal. And then, uh, but the stained glass, what's being pictured in itself is pretty nice. You have it looks like I would say a female figure, like a goddess figure, with some kind of halo, like a Mother Mary. Mm-hmm. And she looks like she's giving some kind of maybe alms or food or something to a person that's down on their knees. If it looks like if you to me. look
1: in the halo of that figure, it says PAX. It'd be peace, right? And it's like imparting that peace on someone oh, yeah. to give wow. them that opportunity to finally feel content, right? And that's again how I was able to influence or interpret the card saying like this peaceful rest. It's like this person is... Pax Romana. Right. (laughs) It's like you're finally giving um, that kind of opportunity to somebody who clearly desperately needs it.
0: In a merciful way.
1: Right, exactly. Um, And this person obviously seems very receptive to it. Um, They're not standing up. They understand, I think, the importance of, like, being appropriately grateful for it.
0: Yeah, I like that because as we always talk about the female especially the goddess represents the female energy the feminine energy Mm -hmm. so this could represent needing to have that ego death have that death and get down on your knees and open your mind to the feminine energy
1: i love that obviously get
0: that balance yeah you have to get that balance in your life
1: all right so let's look at the three um vertical swords that are right above this person what were your thoughts there
0: It looks like impending danger or doom or something that needs your immediate attention mm-hmm. that's going on right now. And it it also, for me, would symbolize imbalance because this person has the one sword, but there's three above them hanging over their head.
1: Yep. I agree with you. It came off like after I was initially thinking like, oh, this looks very peaceful, relaxing or whatever. It's like, though, well, that doesn't look peaceful and relaxing because if this person opens their eyes, it almost looks like they're opening their eyes to these, these sharp edges almost being right there. And imagine him sitting up. He's going to impale himself. Yeah. <laughs> but I for also sure. can say that that, for me, looks like an air of protection as well. Like he's very protected by these three swords where he is then able to feel relaxed. It also feels a little claustrophobic for me.
0: yeah especially with the tomb down there
1: right and i think there's something to be said then also about the color of the um of the swords themselves because they look like they are part of that stone like that stone wall
0: yeah uh, you, the other way you can look at it is so if there's different modes of self mastery or different skills that this person wants to attain and learn that it looks like they might have mastered one and that's the one they're resting upon and so they could be dreaming of these other three and how they're going to gain that mastery and you have to remember that a lot of times when you become a master of something if you want to master a new skill you could use those some of the same skills that you used to get there not necessarily exactly the same but the same kind of ideas to figure it out mm-hmm. and it's like a sh- you could use it like a shortcut so that could also symbolize that too
1: Okay, so let's look at the figure laying then on top of, like, the tomb. What were your thoughts on that figure?
0: I came across something in, um, I think it was Michael Tesarion's work, where he was talking about medieval knights after battle. Mm -hmm. If they survived, I think I talked about this before with you, they would lay in the tomb after battle to reflect on battle and, you know, to reflect on their other brothers and sisters in arms that might've died and to count themselves lucky and to just appreciate um, their mortality. Yeah. And, and meditate on that, all that stuff. So using that representation, I love this because if you look at some, maybe this other sword down there is a battle that this person won. And then the other three just represent new battles this person has to take on. So they were just reflecting. And it's a it's a good um, reminder to kind of step back and smell the roses and meditate on things and look and see where you are.
1: Mm-hmm. I see this, but I was kind of thrown because the figure itself is that golden color. It, it kind of really just melts into the rest of the tomb. It all looks like it's one piece. So... For me, I did say that this was an actual person. It wasn't just like a statue or something carved on top of it. Um, I love what you said. I wanted to draw attention to the figure's hands, the way that they're, like, positioned. Because normally, if you think about somebody sleeping or, you know, when um, someone dies and the position they always seem to put them in is their hands are, like, holding, like, they're holding their own hands on, like, their chest. Mm -hmm. But these are in, like, a prayer position, which to me looks like they're then kind of also praying to potentially the same type of figure in this top left corner with the halo. Um, it's very reminiscent for me of like what that person looks like, the person that's kneeling down. So maybe they're like praying for that type of release or or they're grateful and they're sending their thanks. Um, I love the idea of saying that something that they've mastered is the sword underneath because maybe then that's also like the successes that they've had and then the failures they have are on the wall that they can constantly open their eyes and reflect on.
0: Oh yeah. I like that.
1: Did you have any thoughts on the coloring of like the tomb and the figure that it's like that yellow golden color?
0: I mean, anytime I see gold, I think, or this yellow color, I always think of the alchemical process. So this is showing that stage, especially because it's a four. And we always talk about how four represents the the foundation or the base in that union, the early union that comes together when you're working on something. So if I take an alchemy and taking on working on oneself mm-hmm. and look at it that way, this is just that step in the process. It's the golden or the golden, uh, maybe like the fiery step where he's burning off all the impurities
1: and I love that. I'm going to go and say that I, for me, the coloring was a, um, a showcase of like the kind of that light shining on him that he's doing something he's supposed to be doing. There's not, he's not like shrouded in darkness. And if you look at the rest of the, I, again, it, for me, it looks like a church. It's that gray coloring and the fact that he's so golden or this figure is so golden. It's like kind of like being blessed again, yeah, knowing that's like what he's supposed works. to be doing
0: great works can be done in the light of day you know you have to only evil works have to be hidden Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) yeah I like that He's shining in the truth
1: all right did you have any other thoughts on the images or the look of this card
0: no I think we're good for now cool let's
1: jump into if this came up in a general reading what would you say
0: I think I kind of covered what I would say a little bit in my last answer when we were talking about the color. Mm-hmm. And that's what I would say, you know, this card is going to represent the base, some kind of foundation of a new beginning. And um, this is how you should approach it. And if it's it's sword, so it should be thinking about like ideas and intentions in that realm. So you have to reflect on that. You have to take pause and, um, you know, really carefully line out your next steps because just if you, you know, you could ha- just be celebrating a minor victory or a victory. And that's what this person could be doing. Could be a knight that came back from battle and he's celebrating the victory, but he also has to stop and look around and take mm-hmm. like an accounting of everything around him. You know, why did I survive? Why did I make it? Why did my friends not, what was it? Was it my instincts? am I listening to myself? Should I keep doing that? Yes, you should. <laughs> yes, you should listen to the voice in your head
1: so my interpretation I went a little bit more literal just with what I was saying with my initial thoughts which is that peaceful rest that rejuvenation I said it's taking time out to rest and recharge and I think a lot of times there's like this mentality of like everything you need to like go 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 you always have to be plugged in you always need to be on and I think that if this came up I would say for the person who I was doing the reading for you know it's important to take time out for yourself to just be alone or be by yourself and just unwind and sometimes that needs to be forcefully done because you're so overwhelmed and it's difficult to do that or you're you know it's part of your self-care a lot of people you know do a lot of other things to take care of themselves in terms of like exercise or you know taking care of their skin or taking care and it's you need to also take care of like your mind and rest is such a huge part of that as well.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point. A lot of people will neglect certain aspects of their life. Like some people will take the physical way too important. So they just go to the gym all the time and work out. And some people will take the mental thing a little too far and all they do is sit around and meditate all day. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, you need to do both those things, in my opinion, if you want to really cultivate and get to know yourself and cultivate your your talents and skills and everything and really start to push your life in a direction where you're aligning your thoughts and your emotions to create action in the world, which is something we talk about a lot.
1: And I think it's so important to focus on mind, body, and spirit, because a lot of times people forget that spiritual part. Um, and rest can be, and meditation is incredibly important to that. Um, and just like you, they they all go hand in hand, right? And if you're taking care of all of those things, you're nicely balanced.
0: Yeah. And you'll start to find things will go easier. Maybe you don't have to work out so much as hard. Why am I working out every day? What, what am I looking for in doing this? Or why am I sitting around meditating? That's what I used to do. I used to meditate a lot, a lot. And, uh, but it's something I needed to do to get to where I am, but it's always about balance. And that's what you got to figure out. Mm -hmm. There's no one right answer for everyone.
1: All right. Let's look at if this came up in a love reading, what would you say?
0: Ooh, I would say if this came up in a love reading, this was a little that... hard. I
1: feel like because this card doesn't ha- give any kind of inkling at all of love. I feel like or caring, maybe self. care Yeah,
0: I know it's it would I it would probably be kind of tough to interpret. But the whole genuflect aspect and the whole meditation aspect of it is maybe this could be a signal for you to if it's a new relationship to genuflect and just to reflect back on what's going on and where it's going is this something is this where you want it to go is it going in the direction that you're happy about or is it just going somewhere and you're just kind of along for the ride and you're just happy to be with somebody
1: mm-hmm. I said that if this came up and the person was in a relationship that it's almost like the couple has grown into one person you know that that relationship where you always see them together and it's just like their name just seems to be one word. Um, so they've grown to that point where it's always they're together and they are just identified as one person. They always seem to go out as one person. Um, and I said, if it's you're single, this could be you just liking being single. And I think there are people out there that aren't always looking for a relationship. And I'm really honestly excited about the dynamic between the two cards today because I have the exact opposite interpretation um, for the moon card. So, whereas I think this person is somebody who is single, but likes being single and isn't looking for that. And I think there are people out there like that.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've myself have been single for a great many of years. Um, and I find happiness. So it's not that I want to be alone or single for the rest of my life, but I think I had to figure out my own happiness first. Mm
1: -hmm, Absolutely. Now that
0: I'm starting to do that more. Now I could go out and club a woman over the head and drag her back to my cave. So I think <laughs> it's going to work out fine. <laughs> All
1: right, let's look at a career reading. Um so for if this came up in a career reading, I said it's taking the time to find the balance between work and career. And again, I think we've t- I've talked about this before, kind of how important that is to make sure that it's not just work, 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 work all the time. I am one of those people that can, I feel like, do get, kind of fall into that trap and do that um, to my own detriment because I do then not realize I do need to take time out for myself to rest and recharge because if I'm going at 50%, that's not fair to anybody that I'm trying to like help right um and then you know i always like to talk about what kind of sorry i had to grab my dog um what type of jobs this would be i said this would be potentially jobs in healthcare. right someone helps take care of your mental health um or legal work with the idea yeah. of the swords mm-hmm. all right what were your thoughts if this came up in a career reading
0: um this came up in a career. Well, I like what you said about uh, what was the first thing you said. Say that again.
1: Um, the work-life balance.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I like what you said about that because uh, what I immediately thought of, and then I totally forgot because my my beautiful cat ran over here to get pet. So I was just like, <laughs> threw me off. I'm so easily thrown off balance. Uh, what I was gonna say is that sometimes you know it, you're right. It's all about balance, and it's important. Sometimes though, we need to. Do that. It's put our heads down and grind and work on a project, and kind of turn our life into work for a little bit. A little bit. Sometimes that does need to get done, but we have to also think: What's the motivation behind this work? What is this work? You know, am I am I uh, neglecting my social life right now so I can work on my own business and my own things to help myself, or am I working for another company and just getting a paycheck? And they're really The ones who are benefiting mostly from all the fruits of my labor. And I'm kind of like a slave, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, see where this is going. (laughs) So yeah, if that's the case, right. And then you're still working mindlessly all the time. That could be negative. But if you're working in something that is, you feel like that's your path and that's what you should be doing, whatever it is, it's your gift. You know, say you're, even if you're a musician and that's what you're doing and you're able to support yourself or a comedian, or even if you're just, uh, somebody who wants to help other people in whatever aspect or whatever it is you want to do. Say you want to, uh, you know, start a dog training business and you're really killing it in that area. I, you know, for example, the person that owns a company that I DJ for, he, He works harder than most people I know in my life. Like, I I work hard, but there's no way I'd be able to work that hard. Mm -hmm. I would, no, it's crazy, but it's a good thing he does it, and he loves what he does, and he's very fulfilled by it, and I see him all the time happy because of this. So, you know, use that example, folks, and that's what I would say if it came up in a career reading. Look at that.
1: I love it. (laughs) All right, so do we have any final thoughts here on the Four of Swords?
0: No, let's uh, let's go. Yeah, it makes
1: me feel like I need to take a nap after this. Um, okay, so <laughs> let's go to the moon card. Super excited about it. Last week, we talked about the star. This is kind of the astral, I feel like, um, area of the, the major arcana. So we did the star. This is the moon. Next week will be the sun. Um, but let's get into the moon since we do talk about the moon so frequently and all these other cards um, and how it applies. So this one is going to be a little challenging to describe. So for sure, look at our Instagram to see what it looks like. So my card has a light blue background. In the center, you have the, this circle that I'm guessing is supposed to be the moon because you see this face in it. Um, and it looks like it's making more of like a crescent type of moon with the face. But they have these rays coming off of it. So all these rays are coming off of this center moon. And it, then it looks like little flames are coming off towards the bottom. On the left and right side in the center of the – in the middle part of the card – You have these two gray columns. The two gray columns are sitting on these blue mountains. In the center of the blue mountains, you have this yellow road that goes from the center all the way up to the front of the card, which leads to this water source, and it looks like there's this lobster or crayfish or crawfish or something crawling out of it. This yellow road is also dividing up these green areas. And, uh, each of the green areas has an animal, like it looks like a dog or a wolf or something like that. And one of them, you don't see its face. You just see its back and its head is up towards the moon. And the other one is like sitting down and looking up towards the moon. One of them is like an orangey Brown. The other one is a yellow color. Again, a whole lot of stuff going on in this card. Make sure you look up and see exactly what it looks like. Because, um, even though I think my description was pretty good because I'm looking at the actual card. Um, all right, let's talk about initial thoughts here. What did you think looking at this?
0: Uh, initially I really love this card and it's hard to exactly put any card in the major arcana. It's really hard to just say, what were your initial thoughts? And mm-hmm. you're like, this is what we're going to say. Um, but I could say that initially I focused on the moon itself Yep, and just the way that, it seemed to be so peaceful and it's it really represents like a natural force mm-hmm. something that's just happening and it has no it's just indifferent you know it's just like all right cool we're over here and you can then look under it and it's see how it's affecting all of life on the planet there's even like some kind of lobster thing coming out of the water that's and they look like they're all bowing down or giving a rever- reverence to this mm-hmm. energy of the moon um so, I guess that's kind of an initially what I could. I
1: thought, what a. Uh, this <laughs> sounds so ridiculous. Like, what a brave choice displaying the moon as yellow as opposed to what most people would think of, which is like a gray and white. Um, and for me, yeah. that just showcased <laughs> the power of it. So, I wrote down my initial thoughts, which is just more of like a description. It looks like these animals, the two little like dog like things, are howling at the moon um the card looks like it's di- displaying the power of the full moon or honestly any of the phases of the moon and the influence it seems to have on the earth and so you know like people say that when a full moon happens you know people would go into labor or you can think about like werewolves and then I'm also seeing this little lobster crayfish crawfish whatever and it thinks it makes me think about like the tides the coming and going of the tides and how that is influenced right by the moon obviously um so it just kind of and if I think about the, you know, coming in and out of the tides or these changes that happen during these different phases of the moon, I said, it it gives me more of this following your instincts, um, but also having being in touch with your own intuition.
0: Yeah. And if we look at the two towers on either side, it's really representative of the two towers that you see, the masculine and feminine towers, you see this a lot in masonry and Freemasonry symbolism, the Jacking and Boaz towers. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they represent is the one on each side with the middle path. That's also represented a lot in any architecture you see, especially older architecture, but even up to the modern age and new age, if you look at any church, you'll see three doors or two windows and then a center door. But there's always that, we talked about it before, how you want to take the center path and that's what they're symbolizing. So you see this path literally out of the water all the way to the mountains. And it's kind of telling you like, let that moon and the energy of the moon and your moon shadow self guide you Mm -hmm. on this journey. It's like the North star in the sky that you're going to follow to get out of the water, to go down, um, and conquer those, whatever the mountain is. We talk about what mountains represent, you know, upcoming challenges um, whatever it may be okay. in your life. All right,
1: so we're kind of already getting into the different parts of the card here. So your thoughts um, then on, let's talk about this yellow golden pathway.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of was already, I guess, talking about, but I'll just keep going, where it's that path that you want to, so it's your true path, and they talk about this a lot in Eastern religions like Buddhism um, and Hinduism where you have your dharma. And your dharma is your path. And the opposite of that is karma. So anytime you're doing something that is not on your path, you're building up karma, which then later you have to work out. Mm -hmm. So it's all this other stuff that you're doing, that you're creating waves that are going to have to get affected. But then once you get on your path and you start to follow your dharma and do your dharma, then you're not creating this karma anymore. So That's one aspect of it. And then, like I said before, well, people are like, well, how do we get on this path? Well, this is it. You have to align both of these towers, whatever they represent. They represent many different things, but it's the masculine and feminine energy in you. It's the thoughts and the emotions must align that to create right action, action that you want to be taking in the world that you feel that you're called to take in the world. And then you're on that path and you could go over those mountains.
1: And I think it's so important to realize that the moon in the center is, it only looks, I mean, it's obviously lighting up the sky. It's lighting up the card, but it's really illuminating only or solely this path, right? Because it is the same yellow as the moon itself. Whereas you could see those rays projected onto other things. You don't see them on the towers. You literally see them on this yellow path
0: yeah i like that's a great observation
1: mm-hmm. um all right let's look at the two animals um, so i would say yeah oh, no go, yeah, go ahead. ahead no go ahead what were your thoughts on those
0: i'd have to bring it back to the the feminine masculine aspects of the right and left side the right and the left hand paths like even if you look in Kabbalism. They have the tree of life, the, Kabbal- the Kabbalah, mm-hmm. the Kabbalah, that's it, <laughs> the tree of life. There's the right-hand path and the left-hand path, and you have the path of mercy and the path of severity, and then you have the middle path, which is the path, I believe, of union, probably screwing this all up, um, but that's, it's just another signal to that, and I like how they have one sideways. Did you have anything to add on about no, that? But I literally I love that. that.
1: When you said like middle yeah. path, literally, it's there is a middle path right there right yeah
0: uh-huh so i think it's about harnessing both of those energies and like i said before using the shadow as a guide mm-hmm. and we're going to see later and if you take these cards as steps we're at the you know this is the stellar like you said the stellar region and these are the steps that are big in your life that you're going to mm-hmm. you're going to do so this is when you're really called to this you take that path, and then next we're going to talk about the sun next week and um, all about that. But this is just part of it, and that's it's a very important part of it. That's It's a very overlooked part, I shall say,
1: I, also. I, for me looking at it, this was more I, – I used it more as like an animalistic approach of saying that um, I think we often overlook the fact that we humans are animals – And we are influenced by all of these different things. I think we have this concept of us being like all powerful a lot of times. And I love that this shows the reverence that the natural world would have for something that they can't control like the moon.
0: Yeah, you're right because a lot of people, and I was just talking to somebody about with somebody about this, where when we talk about astrology, people are like, well, we don't understand how it works. And, and, when we start to talk, we're going to talk about moon signs too, because the astrology that you see most commonly pervade is like what's in the newspaper. And that's just about sun signs. And even then it's really general, mm-hmm. but there's so much more to astrology that people don't talk about for one reason or another. It's just not widely known. And that's what we're going to get into. But, um, I feel that, uh, did I lose my whole train of thought there?
1: um no and what what I think it's just I think what's it's really <laughs> important to understand like and again this is my own personal belief but you know the there is an uh an idea right a fact if you want to call it that that like matter cannot be created or destroyed and all of us are made up of the matter that's always been in the universe right so there has to be for me again this is my own personal belief there has to be some kind of connection between yourself, your own personal self, and all of these other things, because we're all coming from the same thing. We're going to, we're we're made up of the same things.
0: Exactly. And that I remember exactly what I was going to say now. So I was having this conversation though about astrology and now, so what I'm talking about is this stuff that people don't really know about. And once you see how accurate it is, it's amazing. And all you have to think about, like you said, all right, so it's all the same material. But then also, if you think of the as above, so below concept, there's these giant spheres, you know, bigger than the earth in the sky going around making different patterns. And we could see how just the moon, I mean, the moon's smaller than the earth, but the moon, how it affects the tides. We don't think it has some kind of effect on the chemicals in our body and the thought processes and what's going on. So it's better to master that. Um, and once you do, and that's the conversation I was having with this person, they were saying, you know, people can't get it and they don't understand that these giant, uh, spheres or whatever planets are in the sky and they're making these changes all in the universe. How could that not affect us? You know, we're just a smaller, if you think about it, we're just like on a little electron, Mm
1: -hmm. just
0: buzzing around a nucleus, you know? Yep. I mean, of course it's all going to affect it. It's all energy. It's all light. Yeah. So, and these are obviously very heady concepts and, but that's what we like to talk about in the terrible podcasts.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. Did you have any thoughts on this little lobster or anything like that?
0: Uh yeah, I like how it oh, I guess my cat was there you go. Um yeah, I like how it it shows I don't want to say evolution, but I just wanna say like it shows every kind of creature on the planet is affected by it and it also shows a reverence that they have, like you were saying, so they understand it and give it the proper reverence. So we should probably do that too.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you on that. And I love that they chose something like that to even be coming out of the water as opposed to just keeping it just water. And that's it. Yeah. All right. What were your thoughts? Let's look at the moon itself here right in the center of the card. Maybe we should have started with that. But oh, well. Um, What were your thoughts on the way that it was displayed?
0: Well, I think you talked about how it's trying to display the different phases of Mm -hmm. the moon, which I like and how they are all. They all have their own power, and they all are very powerful. Everyone just thinks of the full moon as being powerful. But sometimes lack of something is also very powerful, too. Mm-hmm. It's just showing that cycle. So I like that they're just displaying that it's not – it's fluid. It's always emotion. It's not anything that's ever fixed.
1: I – um. I totally agree with you. I, just to, to, to digress for a second, um, you know, if you've gone to like fairs or anything like that, sometimes you can find like a booth where they'll sell you like a necklace or um, a pendant or a medallion or whatever that has the moon phase when you were born. So they have all these books and you just go to the date of your birth and you can see what the phase of the moon was and then you can get that phase on a pendant. And I was so excited because obviously that's my ruling planet as a Cancer. So I was like, oh, my God, I'm really excited about this. I cannot wait to do this. Looked it up. It was a new moon. So the pendant was literally just dark. (laughs) There was nothing on it. I was like, oh, man.
0: So they just gave me a chain with no no pendant. Um, And I'm the only one who knows. It's just for me.
1: uh, But I think that what you said was so right on in terms of all the different phases, having different things that you can get from them. And a new moon as I've learned now and kind of been able to grow and appreciate is equally as powerful as a full moon. Um, and what I love is that they've showed this moon with these rays coming off of it because the moon itself has no light. It doesn't emit any light. It is a reflection. So again, going back to like looking in inward, you know, and using the moon and kind of that introspection, it is reflecting light to kind of make you look kind of into yourself and say, like, see who you really are, like your moon self.
0: Wow. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and I think this is a good time because I'm going to. Um, So we talked a little bit about moon signs on the last episode of the podcast and there's some interest in it. So I'm going to read. So this is from the book called The Only Astrology Book You'll Ever Need by Joanna Martine Wolf. Uh oh, sorry, Wolf Folk. I always screw that name up. Wolf Folk. Sorry Joanna. Um and it's from the section called Moon Signs. So we're going to I'm going to read a couple paragraphs here so people can kind of get an idea of what we're talking about to give some context to this. Uh, so it goes There's actually a quote here it goes Everyone is a moon and has a dark side that he never shows to anyone by Sybil Leek, And I'm going to go ahead and modify that and say that he or she never shows to anyone. Mm -hmm. All right, Sybil. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then it goes on to say the position of the moon in your horoscope is second only in importance to the position of the sun. The sun sign is the part of you that is most apparent on the surface. It is what others see. The moon sign is the part of you that you see. In astrology, the moon stands for emotions, instincts, the unconscious. Whereas the sun represents your will, the moon represents your instinctive reactions. Uh, Evangeline Adams, the most famous astrologer of the early 20th century, wrote that the sun signifies your individuality and the moon signifies your personality. Other astrologers define the sun's influence as a vital force and the moon as an unconscious force. In essence... The moon represents the side of you that reacts before you have time to think.
1: And I think that's what's so important to to focus on because you said like it's instinctual. It's one of those like the idea of like when you put your hand on the stove, right? It's instinct if it's hot to just take it back. It's You can't control that part. And as I've kind of delved into my own moon sign, I can see how those are just instinctual things that I end up doing. And they might not necessarily always be good, right? It's hard to kind of hear some negative things about yourself, but it gives you a chance to kind of ponder and say, well, now that I'm more aware of this, right, how can I use this in more of a positive way? Or how can I try to change this or just be more aware of it as I'm going through life?
0: Yeah, for sure. That's it. The illumination, being aware of it, uh, illuminating it, shining light on the issue.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think it's, if you go and you look at your actual moon sign and then see how it relates to your sun sign. It's so interesting to see how those dynamics kind of play out.
0: Yeah, it really is. So I, I would suggest people do that or listen further because we're going to talk about more of this stuff on the podcast mm-hmm. also. So, but now you have a little bit more of context and I highly represent, I represent highly, uh, Recommend. I, I, Yeah, there we go. Mm -hmm. I would say go get that book, and we're gonna put also. So if you don't know what your moon sign is, you could just go to the link in the podcast. I'm gonna put it in both feeds, so you can go to terrible.com. Go to the podcast page for this episode, and there'll be a link to fill that out. All you need is uh, your place of birth and your time of birth, and obviously the date. And then it's it's pretty close. Like it might not have your exact city, but as long as the city is close to you geographically. Mm -hmm. That'll work. Yes. So,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also will then show you the positioning of all the planets um, throughout <laughs> yeah. or when you're born. Um, and so we can get into that a little bit later because, you know, I have um, an identical twin sister. And obviously, you can imagine that all of our signs are the same, um, but it's the positioning and the um, degrees and angles that are different for all of those mm-hmm. different planets. So that's important as well. Okay. So let's go into now, if this moon card came up in a general reading, what would you say?
0: Um, If this came up in a general reading, I would tell the person, now is the time. You need to look inside, see what the moon at your dark side, your moon sign, you know, look into your moon sign. What's it telling you? What you What are the positive aspects of this moon sign or what are the negative aspects of this sign? And what are you, you know, are you doing things every day to work on the positive aspects? Or are you just unconsciously going throughout your life, writing off the negative ones?
1: I said that if this came up in a general reading, it would be kind of an an illusion of things um, not being exactly what they seem. So kind of using that intuition from the moon to be able to figure out the reality versus, you know, whatever is your imagination because I think a lot of times we kind of live in our imagination even if people are like I'm not a creative person a lot of the things that people interpret or see or think are just imaginative thoughts (laughs) they're not reality then again what is reality um so that is my thought for a general reading let's move into if this was a love reading um and since I kind of already talked about this I'll go um I said that if you are um If you are, I guess you can say in a relationship, whereas with the four of swords, I said this is somebody that's okay and happy being single. And I hate using the word okay because that almost seems like complacent. And that's not what I mean. They're just content and and happy being single. I said that this card, if this came up in a love reading, I would say that this person could be a serial monogamist. It's someone that does relationship hopping um, to avoid being alone because they just go from person to person to person to person and they never want to take the time. And it's almost like then those feelings can easily get, can get transposed onto somebody new, as opposed to just taking a time to grieve and really get to know yourself and say like, well, why didn't this relationship last? And how do I make sure that this doesn't happen moving forward? Um, and I said, if you're single Um, This could be a relationship that maybe isn't going to be the best for you. Um, And just to be aware of that, trust your gut instincts and your intuition and make sure that you're really kind of thinking this out before just jumping in. What were your thoughts?
0: That's uh, really, really good advice right there. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I, I would just say if this came up in a relationship that you know this is a very powerful card it's the major arcana i know i always say that when it's a major arcana card but especially for a relationship depending on where you are if you're the kind of person who is having trouble like you said like a a serial monogamist if you're having trouble finding the right person it's probably because you don't know yourself so you don't really know you don't know your own self so Mm -hmm. you don't know who to look for out in the world So you have this void in your life um, and you're trying to fill it with other people and trying to gain happiness from other people because that's probably how you were raised. Mm -hmm. It happens a lot in the society, people don't realize. Um, It's kind of how we're conditioned and how we're taught. And it doesn't mean it's the right way. So if you can figure out a way that works better for you, this might be a signal for Mm -hmm. you to do that. And if you want to get into a happy relationship with somebody... Um, you know, that's willing to work on things and actually do what they say in the vows and not just say them.
1: <laughs> yep. Actions speak louder than words, right? Um, right. All right. Let's go into this. If this came up in a career reading, what would you say?
0: If this came up in a career reading, I would say that Oh. this is time probably to... Follow your instincts. Yes. What What are your instincts telling you? Where are they telling you to go? But you have to get everything in balance because if it's not in balance, you're not going to know where to go. But once you get everything in balance, the path will appear. If you build it, they will come.
1: And I think a lot of times people are so weary of, of focusing on their own instincts and listening to them and kind of following that path because it's like, well, this is... You know, this isn't necessarily rooted in truth. And it's like, no, it's rooted in your truth. I think that's what they're missing, right? There's that logical side of the brain. I think we've been so conditioned into thinking that that's what we need to follow. And sometimes if you you have a feeling about something, there's a reason you have a feeling about it.
0: Yeah, I think it comes down to fear a lot of times. People are controlled by their fear because that voice in your head, like you said, it tells them that you know don't listen to this. If your instinct, your instinct isn't really like a voice; it's more like a feeling. Mm-hmm. And then when your quote-unquote rational brain or your mind gets a hold of it, you have all these voices in your head from like even from childhood that are just like yelling at you, like "No, this is terrible." Yep. Um, yeah. So if you could <laughs> look at that, this card is, could be a signal to you for that too—that you need to really look into where that's coming from. If you have an idea and you want to do something, but then all of a sudden immediately there's a negative thought, write that down. What's that negative thought? Where did it come from? What's it trying to tell you? Who is that a voice of somebody maybe from your past saying this that you've internalized? Right. Very possible.
1: All right. Any final cards here on the moon before we close it up and move on?
0: Uh, No. I think we're good.
1: I would really love for next week for us to do a side-by-side comparison of the face of the moon versus the face on the sun.
0: Done. Let's do it.
1: Perfect. All right. So for the next part of the podcast, we look at two different um, visual interpretations of the same cards we've already talked about. So we'll be looking again at the four of swords and the moon card, but it's from a different deck. So for those of you that haven't listened before, different tarot decks create different illustrations for this, the same cards, um, and so we've been looking at this one specific deck and Brandon normally gives the description. And then we just kind of give our own initial thoughts on the card.
0: All right. And we're talking about the Alistair Crowley Thoth deck as we do every week. And if you'd like to take a look at it, we're going to put it on the Instagram at terrible two T R O T B U L L the number two, or you can buy a deck and you can actually help support this podcast. If you go to comedy, click on the Amazon link. And when the search bar comes up, put in Thoth deck, T H O T. D-E-C-K, and buy it. We'll get a small portion. And it won't cost you any more. That's our commercial. Um, and it's very interesting. This card, it's labeled number 18. It's called the moon. And immediately We're starting with the moon. See...
1: We're not going to go to the four of swords?
0: Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. You're right. And take two action. <laughs> it's There's a four on top. It's later uh, underneath. It says truce. You see four swords pointing at each other centrally and they're forming an X and this X is actually accentuated by it looks like a green X that's going around these swords in the center of the swords there are few layers of circles looks like flowers just growing up from each other and then if you zoom out outside of the green X I was talking about there are all of these triangular looks like star patterns some are Blurry, some are a little not so blurry. It's like that Rorschach effect we've been talking about so much. Mm-hmm. And they are yellow and they're sitting on a field of like blue, kind of looks like bluish white. Um, and there's a four at the top of the card and at the bottom of the card, that is a what's that, Aquarius?
1: That's the Libra. And I think the thing at the Libra. top, it, oh, I, I want to say one. it's either Saturn or Neptune, but let me look it up. Oh, the four, yeah,
0: oh, yeah it's like a cross with a go ahead
1: um what were your thoughts looking at this initially
0: initially um it looks like especially because the word truce is right there it just looks like balanced equal power coming from four different sides all Mm -hmm. aimed at each other holding each other kind of at bay and you can even imagine some kind of electricity holding these things too. It's right. It's the same thing. Say it was for warring armies. It's that energy that's holding them at bay, whether it's fear or whatever it is. Um, I think they're just symbolizing that.
1: I'm you uh, know, I look at this and I love that it says truce, but I almost wish it had said balance because it looks to me like obviously everything is very balanced. And if I'm looking at the handles of the swords, It reminds me of um, the four elements. I mean, at least that's what I see in the kind of um, details of the swords. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's just saying, again, that there's this balance of these four elements coming together. And I love that it also looks like um, the cross that we saw in the Rider-Waite Two of Swords. And honestly, even in the three of swords with the heart, there was that cross with the swords and mm-hmm. the two was kind of, we said like indecision, the three was obviously like, like a made it there was a decision made and maybe it was like not necessarily a good one, but I love the balance of the four here kind of saying like, it was this nice balance and it, it the decision or indecision and, um, the hardships are kind of gone. It worked out the way it was supposed to.
0: That's great. And that actually, we talked about this a little last week with the different crosses, and I think I might have confused it a little bit, but this cross represents the X. It's the cross of St. Andrew, which uh, corresponds Mm -hmm. with the galactic cross, the galactic cross of the galaxy. So it also represents um, the four fixed signs of the Zodiac, Aquarius, Taurus, Leo, and Scorpio. It also goes toward water, earth, air and fire. So that's great that you picked up on that on the handles. So that's exactly what they're talking about here. Uh it's also the four cardinal directions or the four gospel writers. So um yeah. I like I that's what I immediately thought of when you talked about the different symbols on the handles.
1: Um, and just to clarify what I was saying is that the um the sign, that little four, it's actually Jupiter.
0: Okay, Jupiter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. What were your initial thoughts?
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like I kind of already said that that there's that nice balance. I feel like it it gives the illusion of um. Just equality. Um, the green for me just showcased life. Um, so because when I think of green, I think of like plants and and things like that. Um, so I think that when you have the balance of all four of the elements, you can have this green life, right? And you see this flower growing in the center. As per usual, I'm very confused and thrown by the background. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it represents the ether, the etherelic, etherelic realm, am I saying that right? It's the realm of possibility and mm-hmm. ideas where things aren't exactly put they're not concrete yet. It's like, and also people say it's like a different vibration or a different dimension where what we pull is, ideas out of.
1: What I think is important to bring up is just because you might know the interpretation of the card in one specific deck. Think about what I had said about my interpretation of the four of swords card being that like relaxed rejuvenation. This is totally different. So I think it's really important to draw from your own, honestly, intuition and, and initial thoughts and observations of the card and don't just assume that all cards are created equal the four of swords in Rider Waite is not equal to the four of swords in every other deck
0: yeah for sure and that's why I always suggest using the Rider Waite deck for readings because I think it's the one that's most easily interpreted by the common person Mm -hmm. so it's like a common language you could speak and then you can use this card the Thoth deck or whatever maybe for personally or just look at like we do an art, but I also like to use it to clarify different readings. Also, sometimes I'll pull that card out. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say just general readings to use it.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to the next one.
0: Yeah. All right. So this one is the moon. There's an 18, a Roman numeral 18 on top. It says the moon on the bottom. This one looks very Egyptian and, It looks like they're really trying to make the pillars, the focus of this card more than the moon because you see the moon, but the bottom of it is covered by what looks like some energy. And it looks like the moon is encased in this whole energy wave pattern of two different ones going up and down. And it's just like a, a hole in that. And then on the towers on each side behind them, Looks like some kind of Egyptian figure with like Anubis with a dog head on each side holding a staff. And then there's a little dog at the feet of each one of these. They're also holding some form of Ankh or symbolism. Looks like one would be the masculine, one's the feminine. So they're again, they're going for the masculine, feminine. And then underneath the card, it looks like there's maybe a reflecting pool or just another realm with some more energy underneath it It looks like a reflection of the moon and there's a scarab beetle with its antennas around the central core of the moon
1: i mean what the fuck is this card (laughs) this
0: card is acid right here it's like whoa
1: (laughs) i'm like looking at it i'm like what um okay so loved your description this is what i will say about all of these like wave patterns right (laughs) <laughs> to me, the wave patterns was very reflective of the tides and honestly the cycle of the moon, because if you think about it, um, the our perception of the moon is different based on our positioning in space. Right. So sometimes we might have this large super moon. We had this super harvest moon a few weeks ago. Right. Um, and so our perception of what it looks like is different at different times of the year. And then you can also think about the coming and goings of the tides. Sometimes you might have like a super high tide and then you might have like a very, very low tide. And for me, those waves were reflective of both the cycle of the moon and the influence of the moon on us in terms of the tides and kind of the coming and going and like that
0: yeah that's great i love that that's really what the moon represents it's all about cycles and and tides um you know and like i said these towers are really what's sticking out to me and like we talked about in the other moon card it's that path it's the middle path they're trying Mm -hmm. to show you that you know it's like these guys are on each side they're the gatekeeper but they're ushering. They're also showing you the way it's to the middle. It's not either one of these. You could get stuck in there. You can climb to the top of that tower. You can get to know everything on that side and the left brain or the right brain aspect or whatever it is. You could be some super genius, but at the end of the day, you could be going around, you know, just a terrible person to other people and fucking everybody over and screwing people over. So you're just stuck in one modality and you you can't see the other one. So these guys are there to tell you it's the middle, the middle way.
1: Um, what if one of them is the gatekeeper and one of them is the key master?
0: That would be an <laughs> awesome Ghostbusters <laughs> reference if that was true.
1: Yes. They're like, wow.
0: I love it. Zoo. <laughs>
1: um, I'm not going to lie, though. I am really thrown by the Egyptian figures here. And by the scarab beetle, to be honest.
0: The scarab beetle, I have to look that up in my, um, the book, the symbols book, but it represents, I believe, transformation. Mm -hmm. Hang on. Let me go get my book because I could just cut this part out.
1: (laughs) S-C-A-R-A-B.
0: I feel like I'm using an ancient analog book. Okay, so here, Scarab, it says, In ancient Egypt, the scarab was a sacred beetle symbolizing self-creation. Its appearance in the mud of the Nile was associated with the phenomenon of spontaneous generation without recourse to a female. Having been created from its own matter, just like the sun every morning, it became the symbol of the Demiurge, creator of the universe, Keparra. Kepera, yeah, Kepera, okay, who presided over the future of the cosmos. Quote, when it wants to reproduce, it forms a ball out of cow dung in the shape of the earth, which it rolls with its back legs from east to west and buries this ball in the earth for 28 days and on the 29th pushes it into the water. Unquote. Here one can see the image of the lunar cycle and, by extension, the drama of initiation. Death and new birth at the same time as resurrection of the dead, according to Egyptian beliefs. There you go. That's That clarifies it, I would say, because it directly corresponds it right to the moon.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: Awesome. Well, now we know what scarabs mean. And now you learn something, everybody. So when they say you, you learn something new every day, now you know that a scarab beetle takes cow dung <laughs> and rolls it up. What are you doing with your life? These beetles are out there taking shit. And making them into planets and burying for 28 days. Mm-hmm. They're killing it. And you're just sitting there, I don't know, on Facebook. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. Is there anything else on this this card that you want to talk about? Mm-mm. All right. You know what that means.
1: It's time to wrap it up.
0: Yeah. Wrap it up, B. What are we going to be talking about next week?
1: Next week, we're talking about the Five of Swords. And we're going to be talking about the sun card. Bum,
0: bum, bum, bum. Here comes the sun. Little darling. That's going to be awesome. I can't wait. And we're going to do a side-by-side comparison as well.
1: Yes. I heard. So we, this literally will be almost finishing that whole series up. We've got the star that we talked about last week. Today we talked about the moon. Next week we'll talk about the sun
0: awesome all right everybody go to comedy lol.com or terrible t-a-r-o-t-b-o-l-l-2 for more you can support us by going to comedy com, clicking on the amazon link and buying or you can go to paypal there and donate money to us so we could buy equipment and buy food for our lovely stomachs yes thank you <laughs> is there anything you'd like to say ashley mm-mm. all right we're going out on mm-mm. bye, <laughs> bye. Comedy, Comedy. LOL, Podcast Network. Network.